They're goofy and they're funny. They make your Monday sunny. They need to make some money to feed their family. We upload every week so you could take a peek. We'll sweep you off your feet. Trash can TV. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And live from the road, it's the Donut Box Podcast. We're between nowhere and actual nowhere. Alright, so we are actually on the road uh, doing this mobile Donut Box podcast because we're doing some traveling. Um, But I would like to say we are now up to 16 states and 7 countries and 3 continents. So we are so thankful for your support. We want to keep expanding it. All we got to say is hashtag Trash Can Nation. That's it. So Micah, how has this road trip been so far? Oh, it's been good. It's been a little long, but it's been good. Uh, once we get done with it, it'll be over a thousand miles of traveling, which is crazy. So guess what? We're still committed to you, still bringing wonderful, amazing content. And if you are a new Trash Can listener, welcome. If you are a returning Trash Can listener, thank you. We can't thank you enough, and we are so glad. So if you are brand new, the way this works is each donut is a different segment, and our first segment is an oldie but a goodie, and it's called the Old Fashioned Donut which is a story from our past. Now this story today is called The Stray Dog and I will tell you the beginning of the story and I'll let Micah fill in the details. So I, uh, this was during the time where uh, I was living with Micah. We had just moved to Texas. I was living with him and his family and I was working at a local uh, boot place at the time, a Western Wear store and I was working like 12 hour shifts. So I was pretty tired. I was on my way home I was driving my truck and it was probably around 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And as I turn into the driveway of the house, Micah comes out running and is frantic and he's like, get the truck, get the truck. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? So Micah, tell him what was going on. I had adopted a dog and I'd been trying to talk my parents into getting a dog uh, and they were not too fond of the idea. So I figured, hey, if I adopt this dog, They'll see how cute it is, and they'll just accept the dog, and case closed, right? Not the case at all. So, I adopt the dog. We get back to the house. It's just me, and I did not grab the dog's leash, so I opened the door, and the dog bolted. I had no clue where it went. I just know that it went down the street. Yeah, so... Apparently, I had found out that Mike had just adopted a dog. He had a dog at the time, but it really wasn't his dog. It was more of his parents' dog, and Micah wanted, like, a manly dog, I guess, like a bigger dog. This other dog that he had was just kind of very spoiled, and he just laid around and slept all the time. So I guess that's why Micah wanted a dog. I'll put it to you this way. It was a purebred Shih Tzu, and... So it was. It really wasn't my dog. I wanted a dog you could play fetch with, you know, go out and do things with. I really wasn't a hunter, but if I ever got into hunting, maybe a hunting dog, something like that. That's really the goal of it. What kind of dog was your first dog? So this dog here was a German Shepherd, and I can't remember. It was a mix of some sort, but it was a German Shepherd mix of some kind. 
well so we get in the truck and we're searching for this dog we're driving up and down the neighborhood and micah's like i'm gonna go on foot and look for it you drive around with it in the truck and this neighborhood it had uh, cul-de-sacs and so like every other street was a dead end and i noticed that this truck was like following us and i was like what the heck and like this truck kept following us i was like get in the truck i was like and so i called the police and i was like this truck is following us and eventually we lost the truck i did some maneuvers uh because i was going to be a police officer at the time and so i did some maneuvers and i uh, and i lost the truck so we end up finding the dog and we get it uh cornered at the end of this cul-de-sac uh, and what happened next now i will preface this this was hours later when we finally found this dog it was hours and hours i would probably say since we started looking it was probably two or three hours afterwards but we found the dog and so we pull up there and chris parked his truck in the middle of this cul-de-sac and the dog was kind of in the middle and there was a sidewalk that went around so we parked the truck there and chris and i got on either side of the sidewalk and we started slowly walking towards the dog because the dog at this point thought it was a game thought it was a game of some sort and so we would get real close to it try to get up to the leash of it and we would die for the leash and the dog would run and then we would chase it and we would get it kind of back to the same position to where we would slowly kind of get there close enough to where we thought we can get the leash and we just did this over and over it would just no avail at all yeah it was very frustrating and i was already tired from working a 12-hour shift that day and the dog was playing games of course it was a young dog and thought it was a game and we could not uh, get it so we finally got it because the neighbors i think were tired of us running back and forth in front of their lawn to get the dog and it was like several hours had passed while we were trying to get this dog and they came out with some treats and we finally uh, got the dog I think at this point it was one or two in the morning when they finally came out, got some treats and lured it in to the point where we could lure it and then we, we got the leash and once we got the leash, the dog was fine, went went along with us and everything. So I took the dog back to my house or my parents' house and put it in the in the yard, in the backyard and kept it there and something else happened that made the night a little longer chris i'll let you tell what happened then so at the at the time i was driving this truck and it was a ford f-150 and uh the truck had problems like locking so sometimes like if even if i had pushed the button uh to unlock the lock would kind of get halfway and so sometimes i had to be careful to not lock my keys in the truck Um, and sometimes the door would open and sometimes it would not if if the door was quote unquote unlocked and we had left the truck running because we thought it was just going to be a quick uh, snatch and grab and we were like okay leave the truck running so whenever we throw the dog in there we can shut the door and we can go well uh, we had shut the door accidentally and by this time the truck was still running and uh, the the truck was locked and it was running and so we had to call uh, Papa Lock and they had to come out there and we had to wait because it was like two in the morning and they didn't get there till three to unlock the door and it was just absolutely absolutely frustrating and absolutely uh nuts i was so tired at work the next day and i was i was a little upset with micah because he didn't uh he didn't tell me that he adopted a dog uh but what happened after you got we finally got the dog home so the next morning and you know i didn't think this through being a dumb 19 year old kid but next morning we're all tired so we're you know i'm sleeping and everything 
and my mom comes and wakes me up and is like, why is there a dog in the yard? And I'd put it in the side yard to where you really couldn't see it, but they had let the other dog, the Shih Tzu, out, and that dog had gone around the corner, of course, smelled the other dog, and alerted my parents that there's a dog in the yard and it's leashed up and everything so obviously it's somebody's right and so they told me pretty immediately we had to get rid of it and so I I tried to talk to them and try to convince them not but they said you got to get rid of it so we ended up having to get rid of it anyways yeah it was pretty sad it was like that classic um deal of you know like in you see in tv sitcoms where like they try to get a dog and the parents say no and then you like hide it under the bed and then the parents find out so you have to give it away i promise like all these stories really do happen to us we just have like a very interesting sitcom life i guess they should probably make a sitcom okay who would you want to play you in a sitcom me in a sitcom uh that's a hard one i don't know i think i would want like paul rudd to play me Actually, I would want Denzel to play me, but he'd be too old at that point. But, you know, it's all good. So that was our old-fashioned donut about the stray dog. Do you miss that dog ever? Uh, I think about him sometimes. It was a very cute dog. The The bad part is whenever, even if you have a dog for two or three days, uh, you start to become attached to it. And that dog was very, it was a very sweet dog. And, you know, so I, I think about that dog sometimes, but... Uh, I have a w- very wonderful dog now, and so I wouldn't trade him for the world. But, yeah, I do think about him sometimes. Well, I was about to say, I was like, y- your dog's pretty cool now. He's like, definitely like to run and play fetch and definitely kind of the dog that you want. Um, so that was our old-fashioned donut. The next segment is the Jelly Donut, which is the jail report. Now, Micah... Uh, I'm going to let you read the headline because we have a very special jail report and I'll tell you why it's very special in a minute. So I'll let you just kind of briefly tell uh, what happened and then I'll chime in. So there was a lady who pepper sprayed some Walmart employees in the face when they asked her for to produce a receipt for a return. Um, can I tell them why it's special can i go into it a little bit yeah you can i guess okay so first of all i want to say chris is a hero they didn't put this in the in the newspaper or in this article but let's just say chris is a hero because if it wasn't for him and the things we're about to talk about the police probably would never have found this person so a shout out to chris he really did the right thing uh if you ever decide to be this person and to help the law enforcement and things like that, do be careful. But Chris, you're an absolute hero, man. That was very inspiring what you did, and we're, we'll tell what happened here in just a moment. Well, I'm not doing this because I want to like brag on myself, but it is a very interesting jail report story just because like this lady pepper sprayed two Walmart employees. So I actually uh, was a live witness to this, and I was checking out at Walmart and uh shout out to walmart i guess hopefully they don't come for us uh but i was checking out at walmart and uh i hear this commotion and these two employees are like holding their eyes and they're like oh my eyes my eyes and i knew what pepper spray smelled like because if you've ever listened to episode three you'll hear about the time i was pepper sprayed in the face so i like run over to these two employees and i'm like hey are y'all okay like are you are y'all good 
and they're like no that lady just pepper sprayed us in the face and we were trying to get her receipt because we noticed that she was fake checking out items at the self-checkout and she wasn't paying for them and she was trying to steal them so we asked for her receipt she said y'all aren't going to stop me and pepper sprayed me in the face I said, oh man, and I felt really bad because one of the employees was like this elderly lady, and I was like, man, it's messed up that this elderly elderly lady is gonna get pepper sprayed in the face. So I asked, I said, what is she wearing? And they were like, she's wearing a black jumpsuit and she's got a tan purse. And I'm like, okay, and this lady that just pepper sprayed the Walmart employees is like kind of walking very fast, not to draw attention to herself. She's not running at this point. And so I go and I chase after her and I'm like, man, she's got pepper spray. So if I chase after her on foot, she's probably gonna pepper spray me and I don't wanna get pepper sprayed in the face again because it really, really hurts. So I like follow her in my car and she's on foot at this point. At this point, she's taking off and she's running into a local restaurant's parking lot at this point and like really booking it. And then across the street is a gas station and she's like walking uh, across to the gas station because she thinks that she's in the clear. So I'm on the phone with police and I'm telling them what she's wearing, what she's doing, and they're asking me all these questions. And so I'm trying to give it to them. And at the same time, I'm circling my car around as to not let the lady know that I'm following her. So she goes to different uh, people and is starting to ask for a ride. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I'm telling the dispatch operator what's going on. And then uh, she goes over to this one guy who's in a truck and she's like talking with him. And I let the dispatch operator know, hey, she's talking to this guy. This might be her getaway vehicle. Um, And she's talking to him and they're talking. I think she's trying to bum a ride from him. And he's like, okay, well, what's the description of the truck? And so I tell him, he's like, okay, can you get the license plate? So I'm like circling around trying to be inconspicuous and I get the license plate and he's like, okay. And so I park around to like where they can't see me, but I can still have a vantage point. And he's like, all right, let me know if they get in the truck and take off. He was like, I got police officers coming that way right now. And, um, and so, uh, she steps into the truck and I was like, Hey, she's getting in the truck. She's about to take off. He's like, okay, cool. And he doesn't even get out of the parking lot before two police officers pull him over. And then four more police officers show up. They show up with the canine unit, the whole nine yards. They're pulling out their guns and they're making the driver and the passenger walk out backwards. And like they, it it was a whole show and everybody's watching and everything. And so they actually ended up taking this lady to jail. I just think it's incredible because like I said before, if it wasn't for Chris following these people around, think about this, uh, going to this parking lot and getting this ride from this person, they wouldn't have known that she wasn't around the Walmart area and they probably would have taken off and they would have never found them if it wasn't for Chris's heroics. And so again, we want to say, first of all, I want to give accolades to you. Not like you're doing this for that because that's not what you were doing it for. You were more out of the concern of the Walmart employees and doing the right thing. But good for you, Chris. Very proud of you for what you did. When they put it out, uh, there's an article that came out about this person, about the events that happened. They didn't mention Chris. So, hey, we're going to mention it on this podcast because that's a great thing you did. But second of all, if you're ever in that situation and you feel that it is the right thing for you to do to follow this person, think about the things that Chris thought about. Think about um, the fact that they're armed and dangerous. And don't put yourself in danger to be a hero if you don't have to. Now, if you feel the urge to do so, go ahead, but just proceed cautiously if you ever do something like that. But good for you, Chris. Um, 
that's that's a big thing that you did to help out the people of Walmart and not just that, but you know, get somebody off the streets that might be out to hurt somebody else. Yeah, uh, I, like you said, I'm not doing this so I can I can be a hero, but it is very interesting because in the report they said that uh, the employees noticed that she had pepper spray and they were like, hey, are you going to use that pepper spray? And she said no. And then I guess she started getting like more uh, aggressive with them and then she like pepper sprayed them in the face. And she was getting like aggressive with the police too and like yelling and screaming and making all kinds of scenes. So she's definitely in jail now. They charged her and I don't know if the Walmart employees are okay, but you know, it's a crazy story. Just to, just a lady just pepper sprayed two Walmart employees because, you know, she wouldn't let them they wouldn't let her out so it's it's definitely crazy you know we didn't even have to go to the jail report to find this one it's like a real life one that happened but uh that was our jail report i don't have anything else to add but you know just be a good person and if you see someone you know help out your fellow man really help out your fellow man because uh, you know too many of us are too busy film and it was like crazy because there were so many people filming it but like nobody stopped to help and i think that's where we are as a society this isn't from my what fries my donuts but i think that's where we are as a society we we're too used to just filming everything instead of like actually stopping and helping i agree with that but again good on you chris but just if you do get in that situation just be mindful be vigilant and um yeah help out your fellow man all right so this one is our raspberry donut and we are going to talk about ufc I've had people come and ask me, hey, why don't you talk about UFC on there? And I was like, huh, I didn't really think about it. So if you're a UFC fan or you're not a UFC fan, uh, you know, I hope you can either fast forward to this or enjoy it. But we're going to talk about the UFC because think about it. UFC is a pretty new sport. It's only come onto the scene probably in the last 20, maybe 15 years at that. And it's it's a definitely a new and emerging sport. Yeah, especially big time. It's only been... 15 20 years of a sport it is worldwide however so it's very it's very known throughout the world um so we just want to talk about a little bit of new versus old um even though there's not a lot of old per se but it definitely has changed since it's come on the scene and become pretty big time yeah exactly so it's very interesting because whenever the ufc first started out it's very new and what you you know ufc is mixed martial arts so you've got people that are skilled in jujitsu people that are skilled in judo people that are skilled in boxing kickboxing um all different forms of martial arts training and uh it's interesting to see them fight together in a cage match it's different from boxing because you can basically use anything there are rules like you can't hit to a certain area or anything like that but you can use boxing and wrestling at the same time which i think is pretty cool you also can't grab the cage uh, on the side and hold on to that and use that as leverage really it's more about what you can do yourself you can't really use any sort of outside forces for leverage but you can also um you know it's really about your abilities and the way that you can do things but i mean there's so many different martial arts skills out there even you know karate also uh judo is big i think you mentioned that as well greco-roman wrestling is another big one i mean there's so many different areas and it's it's very interesting to watch people who grew up with certain sorts of expertise um put it all together because you have to be especially nowadays very well-rounded uh to be in the ufc well, and that's what it is. Nowadays, uh, UFC fighters are well-rounded, so they know a little bit of wrestling. They know a little bit of boxing. They know a little bit of 
um, you know, of all of it, and they can use it. But whenever UFC was start first starting getting on the scene, it was just like you would have those uh, fighters that just had their own specialty, and they would use that specialty to their advantage. So it would be interesting to see a guy who is a jujitsu guy fight a boxer, and they would say things, "Oh, well, you can't." Oh, better hope so and so doesn't get on the ground because if if he does, he's pretty much done. And uh, you know, I really like watching old UFC because it's interesting to see how the sport has progressed and I mean there are so many uh, good fighters at the time I mean now I don't really follow it as much but of course you've got people like you know John Jones who's been doing it forever you got people like Conor McGregor you got people like uh, Streep like it's, it's just really interesting to see these new fighters but I mean the old fighters were just a different class because they were just trying to figure out you know how to develop more of their skill more of like if a guy was a boxer how to use boxing to defeat a jiu-jitsu guy where as now they have to use all of it to defeat their opponent and we used to watch ufc as a group uh with uh this guy shout out to todd and uh we used to watch and he was a very big wrestling guy he actually wrestled in college and such and so he really defined really how we thought of the sport because especially as you know younger people when we were watching this we were more for the punching the guy in the face and you know stand up even if you're on the ground you know ground and pound punching people in the face sort of thing and he really showed us that even in the grappling sense even when you're on the ground and you're making moves and things like that it's all about one false move can put you in a bad spot to where you're getting choked out or where you're, where you're getting an arm bar, where you're getting your shoulders popped out of place. You know, it's all those, it's, it's a very strategic sport when it comes to either being on, you know, on your feet fighting or on the ground fighting. And he really taught us about that sort of thing. And um, just like we had talked about, you know, back then it was very much, like he said, they would give you the tail, uh, the tail of the tape first and they would tell you about, you know, how big the guy's reach was and everything. And they would say, you know, he's a boxer. He's a jiu-jitsu specialist. So this guy wants to keep it standing. This guy wants to take him down and put it on the ground. And if he goes to the ground, the other guy might not have a chance. Or vice versa. If he's standing, the other guy might not have a chance boxing with the guy. So it was very much, it was, they were going to try to impose their will on their strength set. And it was very much an interesting thing to watch that you know the give and the take and the momentum go to one person versus another it was very interesting to watch that very early on also i will say earlier on the characters and i say characters because a lot of people have persona right a lot of people have personas and things but uh the brock lesnar's of the time and most people know him from wrestling now but he started out in the ufc and you know he would say some very outlandish things and he would you know flip off the crowd and you know do all sorts of stuff and he was a very controversial figure but it, that's some of the things that made it very interesting back in the day yeah it's very interesting to see some of those uh, old players you know of course you got people like george st pierre you got of course chuck liddell is probably i'd say he's like the grandfather of ufc because he was just straight just big old guy just you know giving you power punches um you know Everybody knows Anderson Silva. Everybody knows uh, Chael Sonnen. Of course, everybody knows John Jones. Uh, but John Jones has been around for a long time. Uh, Johnny Bones Jones. Quentin Rampage Jackson, that was a good one. Uh, Nagira, the Nagira brothers, those were those were good people. Who were some of your favorite people to uh, watch fighting? 
I really liked Leota Machida. He was a very uh, he was very dynamic for his time. Um, I, I really, you know, I didn't like Frank Mir as a person, but I liked watching him fight because he was a very big guy. I mean, he was he was a true heavyweight, if you will. And uh, I, I never forget there was one fight in particular that it looked like he was down and out. He was just stumbling. It looked like he was about to get knocked out. The other dude was just punching the mess out of him. Even at one point, they had him on the ground, and he was just getting, you know, his face bashed in. And you thought, oh, man, it's over with. And then all of a sudden, he stands up and, you know, starts punching back and knocks the other dude out. And it was just a total role reversal in the matter of seconds. And those are the really, really exciting things. But, um, you know, I really like Ken Shamrock. He was a really big, big player back then. And him and Chuck Liddell fought several times. Um, of course, Chuck Liddell was very exciting. He had that big persona. Dan Hardy, um, he wasn't a very big one. But the reason I liked him is he uh, had this big old red mohawk and he had um, – uh, he had a mouthpiece that, you know, was like fangs with blood dripping off it. And every time somebody would punch him in the face real hard, he would just smile at him. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it was little things that really made it very entertaining. And they were, they all had their own little quirks that made it, made it them, you know, and made almost a character of themselves. But they were still very good fighters at the same time. Yeah, it really was. Like I I've, I previously said, I like uh, watching uh, Chuck Liddell. I also liked watching Ryan Bader. He was a young and upcoming guy, and I watched him from The Ultimate Fighter. It was just e- interesting to see him. Forrest Griffin was pretty good. You know, I feel like Forrest Griffin was kind of like his, his uh, I guess, counterpart or one of his equals. Um, I will talk about one guy, and it was very interesting to watch him. His name was Big Country, and he was this big old guy, just big old guy. And he had a big beard, and he was like, I wouldn't say fat, but he was like big. And it was just interesting to watch big country fight. Yeah, Roy Nelson. Roy Big Country Nelson. And he was he was a big guy. Uh, he was he wasn't really in shape most of the time. He would get very winded, but he was a very powerful puncher. You know, if he ever went to the ground, it's over with. He didn't I mean he probably won as many fights as he lost, but he was a very you know, he had this big old mullet, you know, it was just it's almost one of those things if you watch most of the fighters and they're in shape and they're toned and everything and then you got this guy who looks like he walked off the street and is is, is fighting somebody you know it's you had those those sort of characters uh, and then you know I remember when they brought women into it and it was very controversial when they brought women into it a lot of people including um, including Joe Rogan, was totally opposed to having women fighting each other. Like, he thought that that was insane. I remember when they announced it, Joe Rogan got in trouble with the UFC and Dana White because he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to call fights with women fighting. And then once women started fighting, he actually was really on board with it. And I think a lot of people were because it became very interesting. You had prominent characters like Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey that came to the forefront, especially Ronda Rousey. And just really, and I pardon my French, but a really badass persona, you know, and you really saw how much work they put into it and how, you know, women could be just as good as athletes as men could be, especially in the fighting world. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's, you know, pros and cons to each era. And like I said, I, I like that now they're more well-rounded. And But also, too, you know, it's interesting to watch the UFC grow as it did. Uh, so that was our uh, Raspberry Donut segment. I 
wanted to call it the bloody donut but i i don't think anybody would want to go to a donut shop and be like oh let's order the bloody donut uh so next is what fries my donuts so this is what fries my donuts and uh it's just a type of people uh, I don't like when people post stuff for attention, and I'm not talking about people that are like doing stupid stuff for attention, like YouTube videos and stuff like that. That I'm like, okay, you're trying to make money, but people that are like, oh, prayers for me, please pray for us, um, and, and then they put, don't ask me about it, and then uh, in the comments they're like, well. DM me if you really want to know about it. And they're like fishing for attention or fishing to try to get uh, you to ask about it so they can tell you. And then you'll like DM and be like, hey, is everything okay? And they'll be like, oh yeah, it's just my dog. And then they just like, or like, it's like they're waiting for you to fish for attention or information. Or they're like trying to fish for sympathy or something like that. And it's like they just make it all about them and they're just trying to to do stuff for attention and it's like they take their little whatever it is and they blow it up so that they can get attention or so that they can be the center of attention yeah uh, another prime example is as of today i'm changing my life or it'll be something very very vague to where it's it's a, it's almost like a clickbait article but it's more personal right to where they're just trying for people or be like i'm so mad it's for people to be like, well, what's wrong? And then they say whatever they want to say with it. It just, don't do that. Or they post like big things coming or something. Or it's like uh, when they post, uh, like when someone passes away and they weren't even really close to that person. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm so sad. And like they're making it about them instead of like actually the person. It's like, you didn't even talk to that guy for like, six years seven years or whatever like that's your like fifth cousin that you haven't seen since you were like 12 uh i'll give i'll give a prime example and i know some of my family's uh listening shout out to them you know who this is um and if it's you you know i'm talking about you there was they my my grandfather passed away and they dubbed this and they kept posting things on facebook after our great tragedy and they dubbed it the great tragedy However, when this man was sick in the hospital, having medical issues, they were never around. They maybe would come around once or so, and they were talking crap about him the day he died. It's just stuff like that to where you it's very two-faced, very two-faced. Or I hate when like people, uh, they like haven't seen their nieces or nephews in like forever. And like, then they'll like take pictures and post on Facebook just to get clout. Or it's like sometimes even parents do that. It's like you don't ever like be hanging out with your kids, and now you're just trying to do it just to make yourself look better. Like I hate when people do stuff for clout or do things to try to make themselves look better than they are, or just do it for attention. And it's like, man, like for me, I'm one of the people that's like, you know what? Like if you really know, if you really know me, you know what's going on. Like I don't have to broadcast it to Facebook. Like, you know, and like we've talked about before, Facebook is people's highlights reels. And so it's so easy to see people, you know, uh, that are like, oh, yeah, everything's going great. And then you become envious of them. But it's really all it is is just like controlled highlight reel. And remember something. I have an analogy. Whenever I, 
I was in high school, we used to be in the cafeteria and they would always wrap these chicken sandwiches in, in this wrapper that says delicious, delicious. And you would think from the wrapper, oh man, this food's about to be really good. It's really not. A lot of times when people do these things, they're just trying to convince you that something is happening, but it's really not. Most of the time, whenever they're posting things like that, it is because it's not actually happening, but they're trying to give the perception of what's happening. Exactly. So I don't know. It just really gets on my nerves when people are like fishing for attention or trying to post something or they're like big things coming. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you just tell us that whenever it actually happens? And also, too, it really, really fries my donuts when people will put things and they'll say, you know, they'll say something religious or they'll say something of good virtue. And then two posts later, it'll be something about you know, my gangster's going to come out and I'm going to, you know, slap this person across the face and I'm going to do this. And it's just totally right the opposite. And it's just maybe a post or two later, you know, and it's a lot. Most of the time they're trying to do the first thing to appease a crowd and they're trying to post the second thing to appease a crowd. But it just live your own morals, you know, live your own morals. Don't go for other people's I just it it really fries my donuts when things like that happen. It just don't be two faced like that. Don't flip flop on things that you say or things that you do. Just live the way that you live. If it's good, whether it's bad, just live the way you live. Don't try to be wishy washy in between one or the two. Exactly, I one hundred percent agree. So that's what fries my donuts. Um, and there's a lot of other things that fries my donuts but we got a plenty of episodes left to tell you what fries both of our donuts so our next segment is our improv segment and we are going to play fortunately unfortunately because we've been playing a lot of that game just kind of like off the podcast and so i think it's going to go really good uh do you want to give like a, a scenario for this first one you know i'm thinking about since we're on a road trip here on a road trip why not all right, so do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. All right, here we go in three, two, one. Fortunately, we have enough gas to get us to our next spot. Unfortunately, gas prices are $4 a gallon. Fortunately, once we get there, we can get ourselves a bag of chips. Unfortunately, you're going to have to use the bathroom later because you didn't eat breakfast. Fortunately chip prices aren't as high as gas prices unfortunately there are no chips left because there's a shortage in the supply chain fortunately i'll get myself a gas station hot dog unfortunately you're going to be spending four hours in the bathroom because that hot dog's going to mess you up fortunately thank you <laughs> all right you got that one i got that one so our next scenario is camping going on a camping trip okay and i'll start fortunately we have enough firewood to last us three days unfortunately it's dry so it'll burn up quicker than we think fortunately i brought plenty of snacks for us to eat unfortunately a bear cave and ate it all fortunately we staked down the tent so it's not going anywhere unfortunately All right. We'll do one more. So what's our next scenario? Going to grandma's house. All right, I'll let you start. 
Unfortunately, Grandma always makes those sugar cookies I like. Unfortunately, you're diabetic, so you can't eat any. Fortunately, I checked my blood sugar, and we should be good to go. Unfortunately, there's an insulin shortage right now. Fortunately, I went to the doctor, and he had a secret supply. Unfortunately, Grandma's gonna make you sleep on the couch today. Fortunately, it's one of those pull-out couches, and it's really comfortable. Unfortunately, it smells like mothballs. Fortunately, there'll be no moths to eat my clothes. Unfortunately, the cockroaches will. Fortunately, there's a Walmart down the road, so I'll just buy more clothes. Unfortunately, you don't have any gas, so you can't drive to the Walmart. Fortunately, I still have two legs, and I can walk my happy behind to the Walmart. Unfortunately, you can't, because you locked yourself out of the house. Fortunately, I'm going to go to Walmart, and I'm going to buy a device to break into the house. Unfortunately, you're going to go back to jail because you have a warrant. Fortunately, I don't have the people in jail, so joke's on you. Unfortunately, they're not going to give you any commissary this time. Fortunately, Granny likes me, so she'll put money on my books. Unfortunately, she can't because her social security dried up. Fortunately, I paid taxes, so it's back good again. Unfortunately, you do have to pay taxes, so now you're broke. Fortunately, I was already broke to begin with, so we good. Unfortunately... Dang it. <laughs> Alright, that was pretty good. That one went pretty good. I, I, I was impressed. So, our next segment is R.E. Claire, which is our positive advice. So, I am going to let Micah go first. My positive advice for this week is take it slow. It's a lesson that I've had to learn all week. Um, and, of course, I've been moving and doing some things here, and we've been traveling. And it, it takes, you know, there's a lot of steps and there's a lot of things involved. But you just always have to remember to take it one step at a time. Take it slow. If you try to go too quick, things aren't going to work out nearly as well as you plan them to. And that's just going to happen anyways. But if you take it slow, you can better adjust to what's coming down the road. So just take things slow. Take it one step at a time. If things aren't going well, just adjust, re-pivot. Try not to get upset because it's very easy to do. Trust me, I got upset a few times this week and I probably shouldn't have over some really small things because I was just trying to boom, 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 check the blocks. And sometimes things are just more involved than to just check the block sort of thing so just remember take it slow and most of the time it'll happen quicker than if you're trying to rush in the first place awesome that's pretty good uh being patient is very very hard especially when you want things to happen my um eclair is kind of like on the similar path of that and it's like be consistent uh where you're at i know that we talk a lot about getting to where you're going and and enjoying where you're at right now but be consistent you know if you're having in a season where you have to wait until something is going to happen before you can move to your next season be consistent in that season show up for work you know be the best employee that you can do be consistent in your job be consistent in your relationships be consistent wherever you are because i feel like that's a very rare 
uh, thing nowadays. And if you're consistent, people that that speaks a lot of volumes to people. I don't think a lot of us realize how important it is to be consistent because when you do show up all the time, when you do do your work consistently when you are always there people take notice because nowadays anybody can just do something and then quit it and people are hopping off the wagon at at the drop of a hat so when you're consistent um it it speaks volumes and it speaks a lot about your character and who you are and i know that it's hard to wait but while you're waiting on the good things to come uh, be consistent and it'll definitely pay off and it'll take you far just like we're being consistent and uploading every single Monday, and we're waiting for our big payoff. Like we said, we're doing this to potentially feed our family in the future, and we know that it's going to take a while, but we're really uh, happy that we have the following that we do right now, but we know it's going to continue to grow because of our consistency. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It, I mean, and, and there's some weeks where it's like, man, like, I don't, you know, I'm not really feeling it. One of us isn't feeling it, but we like, we want to be consistent because we want to put out good quality content and we want to, you know, be consistent for our fam- fans. And it's, it's a big thing for us to be consistent. And, you know, things take time. It takes time to build things and it's not just going to happen overnight. You know, people want microwave results, but sometimes the best things are cooked in the oven and slowly marinated and and braised and so you gotta just be consistent where you're at and like micah said we do appreciate all of you trash can followers and trash can ogs so micah tell them about trash can tvtrashcan.com tvtrashcan.com hey we are you know i changed the look of the website up a little bit this week so go take a look at that uh we promise more content is coming and it's definitely going to be on the website as well so go ahead and take a peek over there see what you like and also interact with us on social media tell us what you like tell us what you dislike we can't promise we'll make a hundred percent changes but hey you know if if there's something you dislike we would like to you know adjust some things to suit all of our fans needs so go ahead and just interact with us on the website on the social media pages like follow us do all the stuff on youtube you know the spiel all right so exactly like he said and i'm gonna throw this on we're here at 16 states right now i would love to see us get to all 50 so if you have friends in another state share it out you know y'all have been doing a great job of sharing word of mouth and being consistent and we appreciate that you know it's interesting you know we're gonna get a little map and we're gonna start coloring in all the states that you know listen to us on trash can tv so we have 16 so far which is way more than i thought ever thought that we would so uh we're gonna do 50 state challenge so if you want to see your state on there go listen or go share with uh with your friends we need people in the in the north region because we got people in the midwest we got people on the in the west we got people in the southwest some people in the southeast but we definitely need some northern folk yeah we got some east coast folks as well you know but we we really want uh we really want the northeast we want uh we want the northwest too i mean oregon washington you know that sort of thing and um, it's it's definitely coming and we but we really appreciate the fans that we do have and it's growing very quickly but uh, again word of mouth is is one of our biggest helpers right now so if you enjoy it and you think other people would enjoy it go ahead and throw it out there and uh, give give us a nice little plug there yeah we appreciate all you listening on this wonderful donut box podcast will be slow and we'll be consistent because we definitely don't want to get pulled over because that's no fun but anyways i'm chris and i'm micah and we on the road and we'll see y'all next time